0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to Wedding Videography for Beginners. I am your host, Phil About, and with me, as always, is my lovely wife, Brittany, and today we want to talk about not being an artist in the wedding community. Cue the intro. Wedding Videography for Beginners is a place for all like-minded creatives to come together and learn all aspects of a wedding business. I am your host, Phil Beabout, and with me is my ride-or-die and lovely co-host, Brittany. We are wedding filmmakers in New England and love chatting about all things wedding related. We talk about not just the creative sides of our industry, but the business sides as well, with some equipment talks sprinkled in between. We love bringing on guests that are more knowledgeable than us, who can bring different insights to the table. So sit back, grab a pen, and get ready to take some notes. You might want to brace yourself too, because we have some real, raw, candid conversations with no filters. So let's get after it. Okay. So how do I phrase this? You know, I, I think a lot of people have a misconception about our work. And what I mean by that is any job in the wedding realm. And I think a lot of people get very discouraged on what they're doing because they don't feel like they are an artist.
1: Imposter syndrome.
0: Yeah, I mean, they don't, uh, they aren't artists or they don't consider themselves to be artists. Like they just, you know, it feels, yeah, I think that's actually a really good way of putting that imposter syndrome. Um, And while, you know, art makes up a big portion of our business, it definitely doesn't make up the entire thing. In fact, if you are too much on the, artistic side of the house, your business will more than likely not be successful. And I'll give you a good example. Everybody knows who Vincent Van Gogh is. He's a world-renowned painter. In fact, I believe that his paintings have sold for literally the highest amounts. I don't think that any other painter has sold paintings for as much as Van Gogh did. So I'm going to quote something here. Van Gogh's paintings did not sell at all during his lifetime, during which he was generally considered a madman and a failure. Although some collectors recognized the value of his work, his fame came only after his death when he evolved in the public imagination into a misunderstood genius. There are tons of stories like this. There are tons of people that we regard today as, you know, extremely influential and crazy talented, but while they were living, they lived in squalor. They were barely surviving. Nobody recognized what they were doing and that kind of stuff. And I firmly believe that that is because, you know, artists in general are very, Creative and artistic, and they create these beautiful things, but they don't know how to run a business.
1: So, the idea here is that you need to change your mindset. So, here comes another mind shift, <laughs> mind shift setting, um, mindset, mind shift, set shift, <laughs> whatever. Fumbling my words already. Come on, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, So if you're an entrepreneur and this is your sole source of income, you need to treat it like that. You need to look at things from the business end. Understand that you can be the best artist at whatever it is that you do, but you're not going to run a business successfully if you're stuck in that everything has to be, I don't know, flowy, Fun. It's just. This
0: reminds me of that South Park episode. That's all I'm thinking about right now is that damn South Park episode. Which one? Where they're just walking around smelling their own farts. (laughs) (laughs) I love South Park. It's a horrible go-to, but I love me some South Park.
1: No, I mean, it's it's you just can't get caught up in that and we we hear it all the time from other brilliant creatives that they're they're stuck and that they've been working on this film for weeks or you know that months months or whatever and that they're um missing deadlines or you know burning the midnight oil because they're running up to their deadlines and that i mean it's not a good look if your client knows knows it. But on the same side of the coin, I guess if you've kind of painted yourself as that artist that's kind of like I don't know, fly by the seat of your pants, you're you're a creative genius, you work when you work and you you know the creativity comes at you at the middle of the night or whatever, however your schedule is, that just, if you're that creative and your client knows it, I guess it's not like a huge If you're deal. that creative,
0: you need to have somebody managing your business <laughs> yeah, for you. Yeah.
1: So I guess, I guess that, that would be the the solution <laughs> to this to problem. You need have somebody coming
0: in who's, who's you managing. You just
1: do things. the art and someone else does the business, but ultimately you, you have to this is a business. So, if you want to succeed at having this said business and keep your doors open or your, in our case, our basement <laughs> lights on, um, you need to shift your mindset.
0: Yeah. I mean, so how are we doing this? And I know for some of you, this is probably going to be episode 73, I believe. Um, but for some of you that have been listening to us before, you know that my gra- my background comes from being in the military and nuclear security, which is not exactly the New York film school. So we Juliet. don't Yeah, it's it, Yeah. And it wasn't doing anything cool like that at all. Uh, but we are doing just fine and we are making just a good living. You know, we're not balling, but we're, we're not, you know, I'm not, Giving my kids a cat food for dinner, either. So,
1: which, which is not funny if you're that, feeding your kids cat food.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, but so we and I, I firmly, firmly believe that that is because I look at our little company as a business, and I, you know, I look at it like a business, knowing that I am not an artist and I'm perfectly okay with saying that. So I don't want to sound facetious. Um, I don't want this to come out, you know, wrong and I don't want people to get the wrong idea, but the number one person or persons that I care about liking my films are the couple. Mm -hmm. Like when I, when I give my product out, while I 100% love feedback and I want to grow and that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, my couple's opinion is what matters to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, you know, and I, and I want everybody to hear that. Like, I, I think that it's healthy to want to grow. I'm a firm believer in feedback as a gift and I do want to get better at what I do. Um, uh, However, do I think that I'm going to be the best videographer that there is? No. Do I think that I'm going to be able to sustain this and make a, you know, decent living? Yes. And I'll give you a really good example because I see a lot of people trying to compare themselves to others. And I think that is a horrible thing to do. You know, let's look at sculpting with time. For anybody who has never heard of Sculpting with Time, I would highly recommend that you Google them and watch some of their films. And I use the word film in the strictest sense with them. Because, you know, you hear people say things like, oh, I'm a wedding cinematographer, or I'm a, uh, and I'm not a wedding videographer, I'm a wedding cinematographer. And that's all branding, yeah. Except if you're sculpting with time, I I would argue that they are probably the only people that are actual filmmakers because they're on some next level shit. They're making stuff that is so far above and beyond what everybody else does. I mean, they've won Emmys, you know. Like they are artists. I'll yeah. give them that. Like they they are artists. And if you are watching their films. And saying like, oh, you know, I'm not as good as them. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you're never (laughs) going to be as good as them. Like, I I doubt that in the next 10 years, we're going to see somebody that is as good as them because they, their, their shit is just off the rails. And, you know, you, I I don't think that it's good to compare yourself to other people. Like there are people in our market that I don't think we're ever going to be as good at.
1: No, okay. I th- I think Sorry. that the most important thing to understand is that if a client has booked you, it's because they've seen your portfolio. They're booking you off of your past work. And I know I've said this before, but comparing yourself to others isn't going to do anything for you. You've already booked the client. So just look forward to serving them the best way that you can. And I think that for us, Every single one of our videos is better than the one before. And, you know, Phil and I were talking just the other day about creativity because I think we get bogged down sometimes thinking like, oh, you know, our films aren't super creative or whatever. But at the end of the day, our couples are what make our films unique. And every film is unique to that couple. And... When our couples see themselves in the best lighting, most flattering angles, um, we've captured the moments that are important to them. We've listened and taken notes on the things that they said that they wanted, some things that they often forget the day of the wedding. Um, they appreciate and enjoy seeing themselves in that light in our films. And the creativity comes from. I don't want to put it on the couple, but on the, the elements that they bring to their wedding as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of still one of my favorite videos is Gina and Kevin. And one of the things that I think made that video was their damn paper, rock, scissor. Yeah. And the only reason why we knew about because they have this thing to where they, they do paper, rock, scissor to make any decision in life, which is hilarious. Um, and we recorded them playing paper, rock, scissor. And you're probably like, well, how did you know that? Well, it's because we asked, (laughs) we just, we have questionnaires. We do storytelling sessions with them. Like I, I have two storytelling sessions scheduled today. So it's, it's important that you're interfacing and talking with your couple so that, you know, like
1: little, uh. Personality traits, little, the things that are important to them. Yeah. Little things that make their relationship special to them. And that was something that was so like random, but we threw it in during a portrait session and they loved it. And not only that, it was something that was so known in their little circle of friends that it was brought up in the um, maid of honor speech. And so it all kind of tied into this narrative of our story, of their story, That we were able to then, I don't know, present to them in a manner that they really, really enjoyed.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, with our last wedding, they're both D1 college athletes. Yeah. So they had a foot race. And everything is a competition to them, which is also funny. So they they literally had a foot race on the beach while we were doing their sunset portrait session. Because somebody, I think... Dan brought it up like he I think he mentioned something about like it was either her or him somebody had said I, something. she
1: was definitely all on board about doing a foot race
0: yeah because she was like all she's like I'd like I'd beat you in my dress or something yeah. like that and he just kind of looked at her and he was just like you, you don't want to do that right now and then I was like we absolutely want to do this right now we <laughs>
1: absolutely want you guys to do this
0: Which turned out to be a really cool moment. Like it was a really cool. Because he he ran track and field. Mm -hmm. And I think she wrote crew.
1: Yeah. They're just at the end of it, they're super competitive. And it was such a like fun, lighthearted moment that of course is going to make the film. Like it was just, it was a snippet of their personality. Like those are the things that.
0: I actually didn't put that in the film. Not oh shit! <laughs> you better. <laughs> well, now because we put it on Instagram. Yeah, I know, but still, I didn't really, I didn't really see a place for it. Okay, uh, we'll we'll, we'll go whatever,
1: we'll figure yeah. it out. But at the end of the we day, we have not
0: it in the film. Yeah, it's okay.
1: Well, but there were so many other elements of their day that were important to them as well. Like, um, she's also an Irish uh, river dancer or step mm-hmm. Irish step dancer, and. That was a big deal to her. And then they talked about how they loosely choreographed their first dance. And they looked like they were fucking
0: oh, dancing yeah. they with us, the Stars they a load of bullshit with that one. He kept saying it, too, when we were on the call. He was just like, yeah, it's loosely choreographed, loosely choreographed. And I walked up to him afterwards, and I was like, bro, this is some bullshit. <laughs> was like, that was not loosely anything. Um But... You know, something I'm going to talk about here in a second is, um, you know, what, what I want to highlight is we shot that wedding on June 12th. We're shooting this episode on July 13th. The only thing that I have left to do with that film is color grade it. Everything else I finished this morning. Sound design? What? Yeah, it sounds like it's going to take me like 20 minutes. So. Okay. But the, uh, uh, and that, that's what I want to talk about right now is, you know, if you think like a business first, the artistic stuff will come. It's like field of dreams. If you build it, (laughs) they will come. come. Oh, I'm a product of the eighties. So those are, are my references. But so what, what am I talking about? Most wedding businesses don't make it past two years. They, they hit that two year mark and they fizzle out. Uh, we're in year four. Oh yeah. We're in year four. So we're, we're kind of cruising along. So literally, and this is not a joke by next year when you've hit, year five in the wedding industry, you're pretty much considered a veteran. Like I was listening to some people joke about that. They were like five years in the wedding industry means that you have like a solid foothold into what's going on.
1: I just want to add something though. Like it's not without it's like stressful moments. It's not without it's like fearful. Like, I mean, we made it through a pandemic, which was for us one of our best years.
0: Yeah. Um Yeah, we, we we had more gross in twenty twenty than we did in twenty nineteen.
1: But my whole thing is, is we that shot like, way less weddings. It this is something that has to be nurtured. Sacrifices are made. Um Yeah, it's a business. That, yeah. That's the
0: thing. Like this is a business. You have to look at it like a business. And with that, owning your own small business, I mean we can't remember the episode, but we we ran through the things to do to get your business off the ground. It's a laundry list of stuff between workers' comp insurance and general liability insurance and getting your website up and getting your LLC or, you know, making your sole prop. And there's, there's a ton of shit that goes into this, but it's – Right,
1: but the, this is also stuff that we're continuously working on and continuously trying to improve, also shopping around for better deals and just, you know, it's – doing everything you can to let this baby grow. Like at the end of the day, like it could be dead in the water at any point, but if you keep giving it. That was
0: the worst analogy I have ever heard. (laughs) Let this baby grow or it's dead in the water. (laughs) Like what? (laughs)
1: What Yeah. Well, I'm not the best with words, so (laughs) let's just leave it at that. I can't believe that just happened. Um, (laughs) No, well, it's just like, this can't be left to chance. It you have to constantly work at you know, it. Hope
0: is a horrible business strategy. They beat that into us in nuclear. You don't hope for that's a danger word. You don't. You don't hope. You don't believe. You don't think. Like no, you don't use any of those words. You you deal in it's like the Sith in Star Wars. You deal in absolutes.
1: Very nice, Phil.
0: You like that? Yes. And we will be right back. Are you tired of aimlessly flipping through mediocre at best music for hours? Do you find yourself wasting valuable time on projects just trying to find that perfect song? Bring in Musicbed. The first time Britt and I looked at their library, I remember saying, we could use any of these. Musicbed has a massive library of elite musicians used by brands like Nike, Samsung, Apple, and ESPN. Having a hard time finding that perfect song? Reach out to a specialist who can help do the searching for you and create a list of songs specifically for your project. Imagine the amount of stress reduction you would have with music selection being a breeze. Imagine how much time you can save during an edit by having a massive library of meticulously selected songs. What would that do for your productivity or quality of life? Musicbed is your solution. Click on our link below to see our hand-selected playlist. Use code WVFB at checkout and get your first month free when you sign up. Musicbed was simply a lifesaver for us. Tired of paying an enormous price for your website? Are you paying more than 12 or 13 bucks a month for multiple websites? Because we're not. We use Cloudways. You can pick your own server, pay as you go, no lock-ins, and get a free SSL certificate. Cloudways uses WordPress applications, which are included in the price. Did I mention that they will migrate your website over for you for free? Plans start as low as 11 bucks a month. We run all three of our websites off of a Vulture server through Cloudways, all for half of what the leading website host costs per year for one. Save yourself time and money with Cloudways. Click on our affiliate link below to start your free trial. You'll never look back. We didn't.
1: And now back to the show.
0: Like I said, if you think like a business, the Artistry pieces are going to come along. So look at us. You know, again, I don't have any background in film whatsoever. I, you know, honestly, I, when I was really young, I filmed a stop motion, like 20 second long video of some. I don't know if anybody here has ever played Battletech. I'm a dork. Uh, but I had a bunch of like mech warrior figurines laying around and I filmed a stop motion thing with some of those. And that was it. That was the only time I had ever done anything with, a, with camera. a camera, which is really ironic because my dad was a photographer. <laughs> so like, my dad did, he did all kinds of photography, He did portrait photography. He did, um, uh, he would do like the high schools, all the
1: senior photos.
0: Yeah. Well, he would do senior photos and he also do all the team photos. Oh, so okay. all the individual photos. Uh, that kind of stuff. Like my, my dad used to do, but I just, I had no interest in it, but we're doing okay. Like we're, we're doing just fine. You know, my, my main priority is feeding my kids. Like that's, that's kind of number one in my book. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, I need to make money in order to do that, especially because, three chicken breasts like two days ago <laughs> oh cost God. fucking $19 oh and God. I thought my head was going to explode when I seen that. Like I couldn't like that. It It is cheaper to go to Chick-fil-A now <laughs> than it is to just buy some regular old chicken and not even like high speed organic, uh, where you know, is. the name of the chicken.
1: Well, we don't know the name of the chicken, but it was definitely organic. No.
0: Oh, well no hormones. shit. That's why we're paying so much for it. Yeah, Get well, I'm sorry. Stuff, I don't girl. want
1: the fucking ginormous breasted chicken that can't I don't even care support if its, my its chicken weight. Breast
0: has been injected with water.
1: Oh <laughs> <Okay>. God, no! <laughs> That's why I do the shopping, folks. We ate
0: some weird shit in the military, so I am just fine with uh, government food. Oh geez. So um, I, at the end of the day, you know, all joking aside, I just I want to live just a comfortable life. You know, i I want to. I run my little business like a business. I have to make tough decisions. I have to send you know emails to
1: people when they're late on a payment or when they're you know what I mean. Like there's, we have to tell planners that we do not offer a kickback to them.
0: Yes, that too.
1: Uncomfortable.
0: Uh, But we, you know, we we run our business like a business. And I do think about ROI and that's return on investment uh, when I am making a purchase or if I'm making a decision on something, I'm constantly thinking about like what, if I buy this piece of gear, is it going to make my life easier? Am I going to see some kind of return on investment? If I purchase this course, is it going to make me better at X? That way I can charge more you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, and I heavily invested in the artistic side of the house. So I took courses, I did online courses. I did, um, a course to where it was just me and an instructor and he was teaching me how to use final cut because I'd never seen it before. I used iMovie a handful of times with our scuba diving, you know, I had a GoPro, and I made like three scuba diving videos that were awful.
1: Yeah, but I wouldn't say that you invested in the artistic side. I would say that you invested in the technical side. So you know how to edit a film, color grade a film, um, you know, operate a camera. But that's technique, that's knowing the mechanics. That's not necessarily. Five well, K would definitely creating.
0: be the artistic. Piece. That
1: I mean, okay, yeah. So there is some creative, but I would highly like technique and mechanics are so important to then getting to that creative side, which I mean, and I only say that because. You hammered in with me that I had to know how to do the mechanics. You had to, I have to know how to operate the camera. And for the longest time that I feel, um, stunted the create, the creative side, because most of the time I wasn't looking about how a shot, like, how do I make this look? creative or how do i capture this in the best angle it was more like is my white balance right is my iso okay is you know like does the image itself look good which is all technique and mechanics
0: yeah and i mean my my big thing with that is when you are shooting a live event and something is not going right you need to have muscle memory on how to fix things. And that's what keeps you from panicking. Mm -hmm. That's like the big, that's what you learn in the military. Like the, the big, big expression in the military is there's no such thing as an extraordinary person. It's just a normal person who can make ordinary decisions in extraordinary situations. That's Mm it. It's just somebody who can function like a human being when all hell's breaking loose around them. That that's all that's really going on. And that's, you know, you get that from training and you get certain, you know, like once, um, I'll I'll give you a good example. And this is not like, I'm not trying to say, Hey, look how cool I am. Uh, like I know every button on that FX three, I don't need to look at the FX three. I know exactly where the ISO button is the white, the white balance button is. I know exactly what dials I need to turn. I don't need to physically look down at the buttons when I am doing something because I can just look at the screen, never take my eyes off the composition and then fix things like the ISO, you know, work on the exposure, work on the white balance, you make sure peaking's on. Like I know the entire layout of the camera, which makes my life a thousand times easier because as something is changing I don't need to be thinking to myself, okay, I need to stop, look down, press the WB button, press, right, move the Kelvin up and down. You know, like I don't need to go through like those steps are just kind of burnt into me. So when I see something change, I'm just like, do, 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 and I just make the changes. That's the only reason why I think that it's very important that you understand your equipment is because when something is going wrong, you're just going to add to the stress of the situation by not knowing your shit when you can take that variable out of the equation and just, you know, prioritize and execute at that point.
1: Meanwhile, I'm fumbling. with <laughs> Meanwhile, Brittany, like
0: she takes her lens off for some reason.
1: <laughs> Never.
0: <laughs> she fucking drops her camera. She's oh like, I'm God. done. I'm out.
1: I'm out of here. I'm done with this shit.
0: <laughs> so, um, you know, like I, I don't think, that I make the most amazing films on the planet. I don't think that I've ever made the most amazing film on the planet. You know, I, I don't think I make like super great films. I still don't make really great films. That's just my personal opinion. But again, my couples love the product that we're giving them. And at the end of the day, like that's what I am concerned with. If I am making something that my couples are going to want to watch for the rest of their life like that. That's what I want to do. And I don't need to be a sculpting with time and that's nothing against them. I just, I don't need to strive to that level of film in order for me to make a living. And I think that a lot of people get wrapped around the axle about like, Oh, I got to be the best in my neighborhood. I got to have all the latest and greatest equipment. I got to, be the most artistic person I have to do X, Y, and Z. And no, you, you need to be good. You know, what's that book? Good to great. I never read it, but you need to be, you need to be good at what you do, but you don't necessarily need to be great at it. Like I will always pay for mentorships. Yeah, I was just talking about that. Like I was just, I just paid for a mentorship with Adam Grumbo. Like I will always be trying to improve what I'm doing with the rationalization that I'm never going to be the best. It's kind of like the Olympics, you know, you you have this rule quote unquote that if you do something for 10,000 hours, you're an expert in it, you're going to be an expert and you're going to be, you know, probably one of the best people. And that's, Kind of true and then not true at the same time. Because if you look at Olympic athletes, like I could be training Logan right now for track and field. I can be, you know, I can be training him. He's five. We could just be doing track and field exercises every day, every day. Will he win a gold medal at the Olympics? Probably not. The one deciding factor about that is genetics. All Olympic athletes actually share the same gene. I mean, unless you're doing something like curling that doesn't really require much, except for you to squeeze some ice. But the uh, I'm talking about like
1: ribbon dancing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most. I
1: hope I don't offend any ribbon dancers. Yeah, I know.
0: Well, it's because we just what was that movie? Old School. We were just watching Old School. Will Ferrell wasn't. Anyways, Jesus Christ, we're completely off track. What what I'm getting at is there is they all share the same genetic trait. Which some people are born with that and some people aren't. Does that mean that people who train and do something aren't, you know, good or great at it? No. Does it mean that you're going to be the best? Well, yeah. And it's okay to
1: not be the best means that if your arms have grown longer
0: than everyone
1: else's in your,
0: and you want to be, and you you have hands the (laughs) size of a laptop, you should probably be a swimmer
1: (laughs) and you'll be (laughs) pretty good at it.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, you just, he's a perfect example. Like he is genetically perfect for swimming. Like the dude is just, he is, he is built for swimming. Like I, I literally watched a guy on TikTok this like muscle builder and that kind of stuff. And he had such a good point. He was like, I played rugby and I was very good at rugby. And he was like, I played. He's like, I didn't get big and strong playing rugby. Rugby. It's like, I was big and strong and built for rugby. He was like, if I would have started swimming, I would still look like I do right now. I would just be a horrible swimmer. He was like, people fall into the things that they're good at because they just find that those things are easier for them. So, you know, and I want to try to equate the same thing over to your business and artistry. Like, you don't necessarily need to be the best at wedding videography or wedding photography and that kind of stuff. Like you just you need to be you need to be creating a product that your couples love. And you need to be good at running a business
1: or networking,
0: <laughs> well, that's part of running your business,
1: yeah. well yeah, but
0: yeah, and you know let me let me kind of chat about that for a second uh you know, we talk about networking a lot, and I firmly believe in networking, you know, Phil beat into me your network is your net worth, and I think that it's very important to understand that when you are quote unquote networking, if you're at a WIPA event, if you're at an ACE event, if you're, you know, doing something that you need to be genuine with yeah. what you're doing. Like if you're viewing everything, like I just talked about, I look at things with ROI, mm-hmm. but if you view everything from a transactional standpoint, people are going to see right through that shit real quick. Yeah. Like if you're only chatting with, uh, I don't know, a photographer or a planner, because you think it's going to get you somewhere they're going to see through that in a heartbeat and then they're just never going to want to work with you like you need to understand that when you're networking you need to be genuine and what what i've found is with all the events and stuff that we've we've been doing like we have the party slate party coming up in like 2 weeks um, we've just bec- we've become friends with people yeah.
1: and that just comes from seeing each other routinely yeah. and consistently
0: and will work come from that? I'm sure, but do I think about that every day? Am I like, oh, I need to need to send a message to so and so because I think that you know maybe maybe they'll refer me at some point? No, it just we we're all just
1: friends. Yeah, frienders.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I want to give you another example, and you know, I I don't. So I'm going to talk about Ray Roman. Now, I don't know Ray at all, except for what I've seen in Facebook groups and that kind of stuff. But Ray has a very similar background to what I do. So Ray was in the military. Ray was a cop. uh, And then he, he, like, I think he started shooting some weddings for some of his, you know, cop buddies. And then he just quit and then started doing weddings full time. Now, I'm fairly confident that Ray didn't go to film school. However, uh, Ray produces amazing work, but I would bet you that the business side of the house came first. I guarantee you that Ray's first few videos and that kind of stuff, like they weren't what they are today, but Ray knew how to run a business and Ray ran that business pretty well because he's definitely, you know, in the top, like everybody knows Ray Roman. Yeah. And he, like I said, he, I guarantee you that he learned the art pieces as he progressed. So I was on a, uh, a mentoring call with a friend of mine, Jay, shout out to Jay. Um, uh, <laughs> and we were talking about editing and in, So we switched podcast platforms in case anybody cares. Uh, You shouldn't have noticed, but we, we switched podcast platforms. And what I noticed is when we did, there are no episode numbers from like 70 and below. Uh, Oh, wow. So yay. Uh, But on October 25th, we released a podcast about how I edit a highlight film. I talked about like how many hours it takes and, you know, all this other stuff. So me and Jay were talking about that and I was, you know, I was editing a film. So I just popped it up in Da Vinci and was kind of walking him through how I look at a highlight film. And Jay had made a comment to me. Jay was like, I'm going to be, you know, he's like, I'm not trying to be rude or anything. He's like, but it's like, this doesn't seem artistic. And he's right. It's, I have a process. Like I, I view it through a process lens. Like I, and I'm okay with doing it like that because this goes back to this wedding was shot on July 12th. It is July 13th and the film will be to the couple by Friday. So today's Wednesday. It'll be to them by Friday, Friday at the latest. And I firmly believe that they're going to love it. I love it. I think it's great. Uh, but I'm also biased. But the uh, uh, you know, I'm not because we have a process in place, I'm not spending eight months trying to push out a highlight film.
1: No, this is not an, we're not looking for an Oscar here.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is a business. Like, I want to get my couples their films in a very timely manner. We've got two. Really hope, really high profile weddings this weekend. uh, And I want my slate to be clean. So we did two weddings in June. And by Friday, we will have no backlog, zero. So we're going into July with nothing behind us. By the time we hit our weddings in August, I expect to not have a backlog either. Like, I I don't like living in this space of having 10, 12 projects behind me. I would much rather have a very systematic, efficient process to where I can get out a good quality product that people love in a timely manner.
1: And mind you, this is now full time for us. So the work log is definitely um, evenly like worked on throughout the week. It's not, we're burning the midnight oil. We're not like crunching, doing things at odd hours. Like we are fortunate enough to have like a standard work week in terms of like nine to five. And because we are our own, you know, employers, we get to pick and choose or if we need to work a little bit later on some days we do, if we need to cut out early, we do. But all I'm getting at is that we keep structure Monday through Sunday. And that doesn't mean that we don't have off time. And it's all about balance. It's all about figuring out what works best for you, but also keeping structure and routine to get it done. Discipline equals freedom. (laughs) All these book and movie references. Ah, uh, yep, 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 yep. But, yeah, so,
0: look, at the end of the day, it is perfectly okay to not be an artist. And it is okay to look at this like a business and just grow into the artistry piece. Payment. That's it. <laughs> So make sure you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, Don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Wedding Videography for Beginners. We hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. and We will see you all next week.
1: Bye-bye.
0: Are you backing up your footage? Is it seamless, running in the background, and easily available? Bring in Backblaze, the world's easiest cloud backup. Our workflow is so simple. We offload our footage onto our external drives, then that evening the files automatically start backing up into the cloud. There's nothing else for us to do. Imagine having the peace of mind that your footage is stored off-site in a safe location where you can easily retrieve it from your browser and that it is crazy affordable. That's Backblaze. Click on our affiliate link below and get one month free.